episode 99. Man, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. If if we were going to stop at 100, this would be the penultimate episode. Penultimate. Yeah. It's a great word. Yeah. You know? But that would, that would, it would, it would kind of be bad. Sounds though, like to, an award you give to writers, the penultimate award. Yeah. It's like, it's the... For having the ultimate pen. But it's... <laughs> you... <laughs> you got the penultimate Yeah, award. it's like, it's just a, just a gold pen that you get. Oh, that's great. That's then they great. give another award to somebody else because it was the penultimate. Right, and you're the one next to the next person to the, last. the real award. Yeah. Yeah. But you're you're kind of that because you've won silver awards. You've won silver. I've only won bronze. I've won a couple silvers. Well, it's good to be number two, bro. Like, Is it, though? Oh, yeah. If you're not first, you're last. You don't feel that? I don't, it was nice to win one first. But, you know, I, you remember back in the old days, and wow, this is really going a long, long path away from a lot of what people will know. Stay with us, listener. But we used to do a program here called Fine Arts when we were Johnny yeah, and I Fine were Arts Festival. working in youth ministry together. It was National Fine Arts Festival, and so we would have... Uh, kids we train you know, human videos which is like basically miming to it's hard to explain human videos yeah. to people who aren't immersed in our culture christian culture right oh do other denominations do human videos too i think or, so it wasn't just it wasn't just ag but they call them mimes or they, or they have different rules but this was like very specific like the whole rule book yeah there's a rule there's rules like and we you know what you could do with the track so it's you know not, so you play a track and you act out a drama that goes along with that track yeah you can have a solo and the deal is in National Fine Arts program, you're not – you have to mouth the words, but you don't want to be doing with your motions exactly what the song is saying. You want to artistically – Tell another story. Tell another story that fits with the theme or the tone of that song. So we mm-hmm. would tell a lot of Bible stories. So And then you had, you had, you had solo and then you had small group, which would yeah. be two to four. And you had a large group, which was up like five to ten. And so we had all three. Like I wrote, I think I looked it up one time. I wrote or co-wrote like over fifty human videos in the course of that time. You're like the Bella Caroli of human videos, just like that. You, who was your Carrie Strug who injured herself, but then she had to get one more vault to get us over the top. Oh. And you're like, you can do it, Carrie. <laughs> Stick the landing. Yeah. Uh, so I. I, but the, the reason I said, told that story was is we went to nationals a lot. And we had some really like Dane will hate this. Yeah, that's he, why we have to tell it. Oh, yeah, we got to tell it. But Dane was like the ultimate human video. He yeah, and Evan him and Tone. Evan were yeah. amazing. They were both. They were like Jack Teddy's core muscles. Yep. So they could do like standing backflips, slow yep. motion somersaults. And our best human videos were when they were in a small group, just them two. And we put like old Red. Remember the band Red? Oh, sure. And so it was a lot like Linkin Park. Like they had big guitars. They were the Christian Linkin Park. They, were, they still are. They were screamo in places, but the guy could actually sing yeah. too. And they had these beautiful like orchestrations behind it. So they're very epic songs, you know? Mm-hmm. So we'd write these epic, like we're going to tell the story of Paul and the guys are going to act out. So like, you know, it would be if he's in a ship, like literally one of them would almost like stand on the shoulders of the other one we'd make like a boat out of him and move him across like all these weird things where they would do all these acrobatic type moves and very and it would end one of them becomes a cross at the end or whatever and the other one picks up the guy who's rigid like a cross and drags him you know and they it was it was it was awesome they were so good yeah and so it, <laughs> and it's their deep shame now that they ever participated in it which is dumb because it was they were really good at it they're really really good at it yeah and now they're like and i got, I got they're too cool for school yeah is what we think yeah, but, but everybody's kind of ashamed of something they did that they loved a lot when they were a kid. No, it's true. It's or even as an adult. But we won second place. I was going to say about 
I think we won second place. We won second place in a musical category one time, twice. Yeah. And we won a human video second place like two or three times. And we never, we were always the penultimate mm. place, Johnny. We Almost never there. won first at nationals. I think the, maybe the pride would have overtaken me, you know? You think yeah. that's it? Well, it could, yeah, it could have altered your destiny. Yeah. What if you win and you're like, now now where do I go? You turn to drugs. Oh, it's a tale as old as time. It is. Have you ever seen Behind the Music? Everyone had been the drug years. Yeah. It, it happened right after the biggest <laughs> victory of their career. So. I mean, you really win nothing. And we used to always tell them, like, guys, we're not competing. We're doing ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, but, our, but Andrew would literally help them compete. Like, he loved it. He's like, don't tell them that. We absolutely want to win. Oh, like no, he, yeah. It's very competitive. <laughs> he, he, he'd sit in front of the church and say it. But they did great. They were great trips. That, that was why I did it. After the first year, we got real, like, I was coaching them. Like, everybody, you know, they, they'd get out of hand and we'd coach. Because we did every Sunday. Were there other people at other churches that you saw with the same intensity level as you? Like, I feel like we put a lot into it. I would not see another team, because I went to Nationals with you a few times. Yeah. I don't think I saw other teams being as intense as us. Yes, at Nationals, there were teams as, tense yeah. as, as intense as us. Now, in the old days... Were they like your bitter rivals? You, you get stares across the room and well, like, oh, Within Tennessee, in the old days, Memphis used to rule all this. Yeah. So we kind of we took some of that... What were they called? Cathedral of Praise? Or? Yeah, that was one of them. Yeah. They had several Memphis churches that like yeah. place nationally every year. You had to qualify at the state level to go. That's a very that's a 90s church name, by the way. When you, oh, cathedral when you become of Cathedral of Praise. Yeah. Yeah, Everything very, was Christian Center too in the nineties. Christian Center, Cathedral. We are Center. not First Baptist anymore. We are, uh, you know, whatever Christian Center. Yeah, and then you go over to the gym that's now the Family Center. Yeah, right? yeah. And everything became global, global Christian Center. Right. World outreach. Yeah. You're like, where does how how far does your church outreach? Just down the road. We yeah, uh, we we've don't got really, a, we send people, we've got, <laughs> we pick up trash. We've got a food pantry program, and that's it. Right. So where's the global? It's just we we we're global we're, now. We're on the internet. <laughs> it's a global. global. We've only got a web address. We became World global Wide outreach. Web. That's great. No, we uh, see you went with us. That was that was real. After, I went on several after year one and the intensity of it. I remember. I remember telling Laura like, "Look," because we both coached a lot. I was like, "Look, I don't really care anymore how they do. You know, if they really want to goof off, I'm not going to scream at these kids or whatever. You know, but I'll help them get as far as they can. But we're going to go enjoy this trip because the trip was the thing. How many years did you do it after it was not fun anymore? That's what I'd never really have asked you. Because uh, we kept doing it out of inertia because there would be kids coming up who yeah, were like sixth graders. And they would freak They'd out see the high it. schoolers get to do it. And they were like, I can't wait till I can do they have this experience with Pastor John. Yeah. And by then, by the time that sixth grader became a sophomore and he could do it, yeah. you were phoning it in so hard probably. No, I never. It did get harder because you had already written yeah, you'd done everything every great story. Now, I, that, that did in some ways make it easier we would recycle some videos yeah. like if a kid was brand new and they're getting into it like hey we got this great video Dane did when he was a freshman or there whatever. needs to be a documentary about this by the way because I just watched this show this uh, series on Netflix called Cheer uh huh Laura watches and that and it's about that whole subculture of cheer yep. culture that needs to be a home like a a, a a human video cheer well it sounds weird to non like people not in it but there were 20,000 people that that's what I'm saying it's year. its own yeah. subculture and it is a it's a valid thing but it would also be kind of like a it would be fun and funny and there's characters oh in yeah there. 
And there's we like should a whole make this. judging scoring system. And, and like we got, I remember one year we didn't go to nationals because they had changed the rules and I hadn't read them properly. Uh, and you couldn't splice because we were, we would use our technology to our advantage because we were really good. We had producers and stuff around this. So we would splice videos, do a bunch of voiceovers, yeah. you know, and make this more than one song and a thing. We'd alter the track a little bit, the, maybe even the tempo to make it fit. I mean, we put it all in the same key. We had all these things. And then we that would became do. illegal. And they, began, I guess, feeling like that the people who had the technological advantage were getting an unfair advantage, right. which I thought was dumb. I was like, well, all y'all can go get GarageBand and try this, you know. And so, like, our kids didn't advance. That is such a Nashville thing to say, you, <laughs> you snob. You were only allowed, apparently, now to do one track, you, or you couldn't splice more than you two. You don't have a producer on, on the retainer <laughs> like we do. Well, I'm sorry. Well, we weren't. All our guys were volunteering for the most part. We, and we brought coaches in who would help us write, and, you know, like, yeah, it was a big deal. Um, we went to the, but the trips were great. Went to Orlando twice. We went to, uh, Denver. Mm. We went to Louisville. We went to Indianapolis and we went to Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and went to Charlotte. Wow. I did this a lot. How many is That's that? Too many. Orlando, Orlando, Charlotte. I'm counting on my fingers right now, listener. Indy, Denver, Austin, Austin. Louisville. That's seven. Yeah. So I'd say about four of those you were really doing. I don't like know. I, I always love Yeoman's them. work. Yeah, when it got, it, I would I would reuse moves. Like, okay, hey, let's make the throne because we did thrones a lot. When let's make the out, throne out of people. Well, that's the thing. One of the rules is you have to do a spin when you change characters, right? So somebody would be like Moses, then they spin out, then they're the burning bush, right? We in a solo, absolutely. You had to be everything. Yeah. So the way you would signal to the crowd that you're changing into something else, so you have to establish a scene and then put a character in it. But nobody in the crowd knows what's going on. Well, if you know human video, you did, but no, the normal people did not. And that's, and I, that's what began to frustrate us after a while. Like, we put all this work. People we, would use them as outreach, but we use this as our outreach. We do uh, sidewalk evangelism. Okay, well, what's that? We do human videos. How many people have, been, how many people have ever accepted Christ because of this? Oh, no, they don't understand it. Uh, only people who are Christians who do human video understand the human video. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, your your uh, AG Church of God type people who are listening to this, who understand the subculture of camps, understand the subculture yeah. of fine arts, or, or some of them, I think Baptist even has, like, a teen talent. Or, like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they know what we're talking about, you know, kind of thing. And, and But if you don't, it sounds really, really like, oh, my gosh. But it was it's a world. This thing we're doing at your uh, your daughter's school, the fundraiser, it's a teen talent thing. Is it in a talent show? They're doing a talent show raising money for the fundraiser. Do you know what kind of talent we're expecting? What, what, I know what that it's uh, – there's some talented kids there. It's not like open to the public thing. They had to already now try out and they've, they have – Is think, the show open to the public? Yeah. Well, you could – yeah, you got to buy tickets. At MJCA? At MJCA, yeah. It's, on, uh, it's on Thursday. Org. Thursday. EDU? What is it? MJCA? I think it's MJCA.org. Okay. But yeah. Go get tickets. John and I are going to be performing. Yeah, you're mainly going to be performing. Along with a host of... And I'm going to be... We're going to, both going to be emceeing the night. And yeah. so I am going to... It, you know, you're going to you're going to integrate me into a few things that you do. You're going to bring up the acts, though. Well, and you may help me do that. Depends on... <sighs> yeah. Like, if there's a stage change, yeah. well, I don't think, I've looked through, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Stage change? Well, what I'm is... saying, like, if one was a music act and the next is something else and they got to move the, the stuff off. If we have dead time, then you may come up there with me for a second. And Ooh, dead time. We could be like, you know, <laughs> hey, Johnny, you know. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> this is going to be so bad. 
<laughs> I can't wait. No, you're going to do 20 minutes of comedy either way, yeah. and I'm going to probably do the tweet song with you. I think that's going to be where we end up. Playing. Oh, okay. Is that what you? So, okay. Yeah, and I'll come do I'll come do she's stupid with you that bit. If yeah. You're, if you're up for that, and then when I'm out there, maybe I'll pick up a guitar and we'll we'll have to work on this. But we've already been working on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw up air quotes and my hand hit the you hit uh, your mic stand. It's a big uh, cavey effect. <laughs> um, no, it's going to be great. But no, dude, those were great trips. And I don't think I ever phoned in, but I did. I remember I remember, like I finally had enough coaches around me that they. Yeah. I was like, all right, hey, you take them and work with them. We have too many teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, It's funny. I really do think that would be a funny documentary of like, not to mock it, but just like, no one understands that subculture. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. Do you remember? So there's another culture of human videos that's more outreach driven for real. And that's uh-huh. when it's kind of just like miming and mimicking the words. And it's almost in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was almost always very to a, to a, to a metal song. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like always demon possession, suicide. Like really, really dark subjects, yeah. you know, and they do them in high schools and stuff. You remember that time you were with me? I was asked to come speak in Oak Ridge at the at the, the youth group. Were you were you there for that night? Yeah, when they did the Welcome, Welcome to, to Hollywood. Hollywood. It was POD. It was right? POD. And like he was like, Okay, so you're gonna speak and then at the very end I want you to pitch into a human video. They didn't even tell me what it was. So you can do a human <laughs> video and then you can come back and like, you know, kinda wrap it up with an altar call prayer yeah. time. It was like an outreach kind yeah. of thing, you know. So I got up there. I don't think I was even a youth pastor yet. I don't really? Think oh, you're just freestyling yeah. it. And they asked me to, yeah, totally, you know, un, unprepared. So I got up and did my thing, you know, and then I pitched in this video. So guys, I, w- I want you to watch this human video. You didn't know what to expect. No idea. All of a sudden, and I'm cool with metal You thought music. it was going to be like a really slow Lifehouse song, maybe? Maybe, yeah, something hopeful. <laughs> and like, they were just... I, I don't remember what all they did, but people were dying in the video. Yeah, getting their throat slashed. Violently left and right. And the very end, the very, I just never forget the very end of the video, the main, the devil character, whatever, had a kid on his knees yeah. by the hair yeah. behind him. He's like, welcome to Hollywood. And he took a fake knife, you know, it was again, a, a mime knife yeah. and slit the kid's throat. He fell over. And that was the end of the video. It was very triggering for me because a mime knife killed my father. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it was hard. It was horrible for you to relive. It really was. Like, oh no, this is just like dad died. Not again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I just remember, and the music it was like, welcome to Hollywood. And the music just stopped. Yeah. And it was like pin drop. And it wasn't like, that's not a song that was like a huge hit or anything either. It was no. like a, B, a B-side. Yeah. P.O.D. song. It was like, and now there was no introduction back to me. It yeah. was like, and now you're going to pray this out with people. And I just remember like, I began learning about transitions that night, John. That was when I, that was, that's like when I had to do altar comedy for Reggie Dabbs that time. We were like, <laughs> come out and do comedy while he does the altar call. <laughs> or once the kids are out with counselors, you come out, the kids that are left right, in the after room. Reggie just shared his tragic story and everybody yeah. cried and came forward. And so I came up and tried to do comedy and lost six, I think I lost six pounds uh, <laughs> in flop sweat. It was unbelievable. So what's the deal with that guy? Yeah, yeah. you know, you're... Reggie was trying to come, like we had, to, I, had to, I was his ride back to Nashville. So we go to eat somewhere and I go... <laughs> I was, I was, you, do, you almost fish for compliments. You're like, <laughs> you know, you did, you go, yeah, that was, uh, man, that was hard. And he goes, he didn't go, no, oh, man, you did great. He goes, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember thinking, oh, that's cool. He's honest, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. <laughs> I would quit. No, he didn't say that. Oh, but, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, it's hard to, it's not a fishing, but you do want to know when you're trying to get better at what yeah. you do. 
So it's weird. Like when you're here's a here's a comedy subculture. You always say good set. Like I do. I do open mic sometimes, yeah. and you always say good set. It's just a thing you say, right? But when somebody says good set to you, you always think I had a good set. <laughs> but yet you know that you say good set right. to everybody, yeah. even people who had a bad set. Yeah, it's weird, right? It is. You know, I when I was really becoming more honest and vulnerable as a speaker, I would yeah. tell people like I would say things like, "Now listen, I appreciate it when you like." what I just did in a sermon, but mm-hmm. I would talk about how real community says, like, if you walk up, cause we've had people over the years, that's what they do. It's always good set, but they over embellish it. They're like, hey, yeah, John. Oh, right. I just, too much. I just love listening to you speak. And man, what you shared today was just, and they're uh-huh. going over it. But in particular, a couple of them were people that chronically within community we're never applying anything we we're talking about. Like yeah. that was their that was their way to keep you at arm's length was to compliment it. Oh, okay, sure. And then I never have to actually go like, you know, live what that's going to be. And not that we're judging, but we are shepherding each other. So like, I, I finally looked at one of the guys one day. And I told this story. And I was like, man, I'm really glad that you enjoyed hearing my delivery today. But it would mean a lot more to me. I love you so much. It would mean a lot more to me if what I talked about was something you really wanted to to apply. Because all of us here are trying to apply this, you know. And so, anyway, I kind of gave... that person's never been back. And I kind of gave this impression. No, he, he did. He eventually... He, yeah, this he, feels like... He or she eventually left. But oh, wow. At any, at any rate, it, it wasn't over that. Like, it yeah. was, you know. But it, it, just a chronic, like, hey, we're not going to sit here forever yeah. and just keep saying the same thing and keep patting each other on the back and acting like we're doing mm-hmm. what Jesus wants. Like, at some point in time, it's okay. I'm glad. So John doesn't like compliments. Well, that's what, apparently people from this church took oh, away right. from that. Yeah. So that's the whole point. Like John can't take a compliment. It's, it's rare now that somebody walks up and says, hey, great job. It's like, They're well, afraid of you, man. I have, I have taught, oh yeah, what are you going to do about it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should start living it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my. I think I, yeah. your generation of vipers, <laughs> your whitewashed tombs. Yeah, <laughs> you dead men. Oh man, bones. good grief! No, I mean I can just said good job, I and John t- jumped all over me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you'd do something about it. But do you ever ever have somebody? Have you ever had somebody come and say something negative? Uh, yeah. Or is it always like private? They keep it to themselves. You know, I remember and here. when well, we started Numa. So Numa was our young adult ministry. Yeah. You know, because you had selfishly moved on to comedy, right? And so, because you were our college guy, right? And I knew it was time to get out of youth ministry. And I had all these. It was you your know, escape hatch? We had tons of kids who were God, college I was your age escape now. pod, and I think it's time to say it. You, yeah, I was, you're 100. You were like, this could be the jump. <laughs> Oh, absolutely! It was a joke. I loved youth ministry. I have to do fine arts again. I just thought somebody else would probably do it better. You know, so You're like how good at human video would these college kids be? <laughs> that became your dream. <laughs> so I did. No, it did. It was my jump a little bit. And you were with yeah. me. You were in yeah, there yeah. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, you know, we had uh, tons of them, and then you know, but I remember, like, I remember this was kind of a faulty way of thinking. But I thought. I want to take these kids now into like the real depths. I'm, they're adults now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just, dude, because I was really at that point studying verse by verse in the Greek and Hebrew. And it was like just revelatory to me. Yeah. You know, having all these, when you really know that's, we named it Numa. Right. You know, like we named it a Greek word, you know, like, so I wanted to just kind of, in my, in my mind, the, the path to depth went through 
intellectual, spiritual things, you know, and I could, if I could deepen their knowledge. Yeah. And then we were learning about community. So like I was putting them into groups and all those things, but I had no idea how to teach them how to live like that. You know, like we didn't know, you know, you and I always lived in, in like very vulnerable community and my wife and I, but I didn't know how that worked in a church setting yet. Cause we'd never been taught. Well, you people always imagine too. And I think I thought this too, when I was a college pastor, it's like, well, these are kids who are learning and they're getting syllabuses and they're getting, they, they need a structure and they, yes. and if if I can out intellect them and show them how smart I am, it will translate. They will feed their spirit somehow. I can figure out a way yeah. into their spirit through their intellect. Right. Because what you assume is, is they're going to college and some atheistic professor is somehow turning them away from faith. Yeah. So they need to see an intelligent Christian yeah. that, hey, you know what? There's another side to this. There's another viewpoint. And I still mm-hmm. believe that to some extent that, you know, like we talked about balance, last week, yeah. the intellectual laziness sometimes of believers and specifically in the church, uh, you know, we... I think does contribute to that whole idea that, well, somewhere out there, someone knows better than this and we can't trust the Christians to be yeah. the smart ones. So, but yeah, my, so I dude, I was going, I was like, look, I'm taking 45 minutes. I'm breaking down these words and I'm, I'm going to like really deepen these kids. And to answer your question, I remember week one or two, somewhere in there, I remember one of my students walked up who was all through, all through high school with us and everything. And, mm-hmm. and they were in college at the time. And I just remember she said, she said, I, I really enjoyed it tonight. I don't think I understood a lot of it. Yeah. Like, could I, and she, she was trying so hard. She's like, can I have your notes? Maybe I can really study what was in your notes so I can see, you know, sort of the flow. Like it was just too much. Like I had, mm-hmm. I had opened fire, up fire hose, yeah. whatever I could, you know, and it wasn't trying to impress. It really, really wasn't. That's how my... My brain was coming alive on those kinds of things. It doesn't mean, though, that everybody, number one, absolutely was not the thing they needed to hear the most. (laughs) Absolutely. I didn't know what was the thing they needed to hear the most. I was making an assumption that was wrong. Uh, And then, you know, secondly, there there was just this, this understanding, and I think the Enneagram has really helped me there. Everybody doesn't process things brain first. They just don't, you mm-hmm. know, and so when you when you when you assume they do and they're all just, oh, I'm doing this, but you don't want to engage. Yeah. Like it's almost like you're being obstinate against the path that that I know is right. Instead of realizing like, no, really, like she was not going to be able to engage brain first. She's smart. It's not that it's nothing to do with intelligence or obstinance or rebellion or or, or stubbornness or anything like that. Like, that's just not the way everybody's wired and it's, mm-hmm. and there's no better way. You know, you just got to be cognizant that there are other ways for people and you need to hit all three of them. You need to hit their gut and their heart and their, don't hit them at the gut, Johnny. Man, but this is a weird ministry. I'll tell you right now. And their brain too. So when there a guy doing that, like a faith healer out there, he was kicking people. I've heard all kinds of crazy stories. Like, well, I can't remember his name, but he was, one time he punched a guy and that's how he delivered the, yeah. the healing. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the gut. Did you see that clip? That have you seen that clip? Like it's it's rotating around for years and years. And it was some guy talking on a Sunday night. It was like a, a youth pastor, former mm-hmm. youth pastor, and he was it was a youth pastor. And he's telling a story. He's wearing a tie. So I mean, it's a Sunday night wearing a tie. I mean, mm-hmm. again, there's no stereotypes, but I'm just tells me you know, it's probably more traditional church. And he's kind of like one of those. He's kind of bragging about tough. Love, yeah, type of youth ministry, you know. Which I mean, you and I've been tough love with with people, like yeah. telling telling someone something that no one else is brave enough to tell them that's hurting them, you know, yeah. is is a part, a huge part of you know. Um, but he says, he it was crazy. He says, and that kid looked at me 
and he, you know, I could just tell he wasn't, he wasn't about the things of God right now. You know what I did, man? I looked at that kid. Have you seen this? I think so. And I pulled back and I just punched him in the chest as hard as I could. I just punched him. What did the crowd do? The crowd like, like there was kind of okay. So there wasn't like a yeah, you did a little bit of a gasp, you know. But I think he was expecting this big. He goes and that kid just crumpled to the ground. (laughs) And he's telling this like he's bragging like this. I had this breakthrough moment, right? Because I assaulted a kid, and it got real quiet, you know. And he's like, and I looked at him and I said, "You're not ready for the things of God or whatever." Like he, like he, he kind of tried to make his point, you know. And today that kid's serving God or whatever, like and, and. (laughs) <laughs> and of course you can imagine the comments on social media yeah. you know but that's just like it's one of those stories and, and you know him now as Kurt Cobain <laughs> remember the stories you'd hear at camp like there was a kid one time <laughs> that came to camp and he couldn't find friends nobody would nobody played with him nobody he came to the altar but no one would pray with him yeah and now you know him as Marilyn, Marilyn Manson. Manson every time yeah <sighs> turns out he, Marilyn Manson was out in the basketball court he was right. just he was kind of a big jock yeah but evidently no, yeah, you, those old days, though, there was, like, that real tough love. We yeah. had youth pastors. Like, I had stuff. I remember a kid one night. I had, I don't know, I, this was back in Maryville. I told, I think I told a kid and his girlfriend that, hey, it's probably best that you don't sleep together before you're married. Yeah. You know, and there's a better way. You know, so I'm trying to, you know, be honest about things. And um, and I was, you know, worried about the girl, especially, and, yeah. and some things in her life and everything. And so he, I connected with him pretty good, pretty well. Johnny. <laughs> and so he, he, someone told me like, Hey, uh, he's coming tonight and he's mad and he's, he's, gonna, oh, he's gonna you, fight yeah. you, you know, it's like, and I was only 21. He was like 19. Ooh. You know, like he was a kid who was older than the 17 year old girl. Cause she decided, yeah, you're right. And then he was like, I'm right. not ready for no, this to No stop. way you yeah. took this away from me. Yeah. And so he was going to like come confront me, whatever. And I remember back then, like all the kids were like, John or pastor John, they want to, this, this guys are, are you okay? It's going to be, and I was like. It all seems so dumb to me. I was like, guys, he's not going to fight me. That's crazy. So like, I just walked out of the parking lot. Oh, I gave him man. a hug. Like, I think I grabbed him yeah. and hugged him. And he was like, uh, you know, he didn't do anything. Yeah. But nowadays, I think if someone told me there was a dude in the parking lot wanting to fight me, I'd more likely believe it. Yeah. Like, I just had no, maybe it was like, I don't know, uh, a different, maybe I was young enough. I still had all that Was adrenaline. it like an aggressive hug? Like, like I want like to let a, him go. It's like yeah, because him. you don't. You want to make sure his arms are at his sides. He's you trying can't. to punch me. He can't get around. I yeah. got his arms pinned. I hugged that kid so hard he crumpled to the ground. I crumpled and I told him, "It's <laughs> what poor, you get." You know what? I will say this about the guy who did that. Yeah, like poor guy. Yeah, I mean, if he really thought that was his best way, and now right. forever, I do not want my worst mistakes in any part of life, especially ministry, yeah. to be forever enshrined. Like, cause yeah. I've been seeing that video for like five years. That that mm-hmm. guy, he, he he probably is like, wow, that was dumb. But I mean, you can't. It's like the pitch their tents in Sodom guy. Remember oh, that one? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he says something else. You can tell. You can you can YouTube that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's and his eyes get big. He yeah. realizes his own. I think he's like a youth pastor preaching in the adult service. Uh-huh. And so he's, he's already like, nervous. And yeah, and so they're all. But and people start giggling, and then he can't. You can't Once get him back. People are off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. Pinch their, what was the thing I said? Pitch, in that, pitch their tents in Sodom. You used to always laugh about the thing I said in an announcement one day. Oh, that, I don't know. That had it, it sounded said so like many dumb things. It was some sort of flatulence type. Oh no, I don't. It remember was this. on accident, and you just laughed because the people just lost it, and I had to like, all right, <laughs> everybody take the hand of the person next to you. We're going to get through this. Oh like, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, I can't remember what I said though. I can't either. <laughs> it was something. 
<laughs> it wasn't like <laughs> if, if, if your life's in trouble, it's not God's fart. It wasn't that. Yeah, it wasn't it was, that bad. Yeah, it was. I don't know, but that whole thing that that manhood thing with the whole idea of like we've got to be, we got to show tough love, and we got. I think some people do respond better to tough love, but that this idea that uh, Jesus was this big tough guy. And, uh, and I don't think, I, I don't know that, that idea that we need to put Jesus in that box of like, what you know, what kind of man was Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know, was he a beta male? Was he an alpha male? Uh, right. I don't know. I think that's fascinating. And I just did a men's conference in, uh, South Dakota and I'm always a little nervous about those because I don't really consider myself a typical, especially, you know, I'd say there's a lot more people like me the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, in church that aren't like, you know, like I always say in my show, like people think I have a safe full of guns because I'm from the South and I make jokes about it and how I'm not really a gun culture guy. I didn't grow up around guns. And I'm just not the, I'm not that guy that's like a rah, rah guy. And I mean, I'm in my art, consider myself more of an artsy guy. And I, I wasn't really, I wasn't like a big athlete. And, but now you see these guys come to these conferences, they're gamers or they're whatever. And they're not, so right. I just feel like I connect better with those with that crowd now. And I'm always nervous because the speakers they put me with, it's like, Johnny W would be doing comedy. And the speakers are like these guys who are going to come out and be like, you know, we're, we've wussified this whole nation. Yeah. You know, we've been stripped of our masculinity and it's a plot by the devil to take the leadership out of the. And I just don't feel that way. I just don't feel that way at all. And so I I was kind of concerned. And then this this lineup was so different than anything I've ever done. And I really walked away from it, really encouraged that there are guys out there that are actually speaking about vulnerability yeah. and community and being able to cry in front of your wife yeah. and being broken. And even being broken for your kids and being a safe place for them to express doubt and concern and fear to you. If you don't this one guy talked about are you a safe are you a safe place? And it was like, he basically said, if you don't have stories, horrible stories that your kids have told you about things they've done, they don't consider you a safe space. Mm-hmm. And it was just really cool. And it was, it was awesome to watch these big, tough guys in South Dakota. I mean, that's, that's, that's up there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like a lot of hunters. I mean, there were people wearing camo. And to watch them kind of process this guy on stage who's making this case they may have never heard before, that you can be a different kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I don't know, I was very, it was illuminating for me to see it, and it was encouraging to see that. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that the the, the, the whole question of who Jesus was, and understanding he was a carpenter, worked with his hands, understanding he traveled a lot. But he didn't hit things. people and make them crumple to the floor. <laughs> right. Well, he did He did make a whip one He did time make a whip. And drove people out. But so, that was religious people that he drove out. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I think that the whole idea, in, in fact, if you go into Paul's writings, you know, so many of the scriptures that are used by um, the religious patriarchy mm-hmm. to demean or um, dominate women or to make a case for dominance. Like mm-hmm. the, the idea of dominance within the Christian faith is so counterintuitive to the faith itself that – if if you take the position of Christ of I mean what it says is is he took the humble he humbled himself taking the role of a slave mm-hmm. and humbled himself in obedience to God uh, even obedience to the cross so like there's this you know and, and then basically it says let this mind be in you that was in Christ who humbled himself and took well the even position. in marriage it says submit yourself one to another right 
And like, so, yeah, the, the role of if you really are going to love your wife, and I, and I, I struggle with this because m- me saying this doesn't dismiss anything in the actual issue. I, I'm, I'm learning that there are things that I don't get to say about or for women because I don't know their viewpoint. I can know about it, and try, but I have to listen. Mm-hmm. I can't just listen once and then speak definitively on it. You know that they need they need to be able to speak definitively on it. And I'm trying to be more, more sensitive to that. Like, Hey, you know, that's not mine to say for you, but all I can do is say, I support this. And then when it is my turn to speak, I can Mm -hmm. try to understand your viewpoint so that I can, you know, corroborate what's right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so within that, when I say, Hey, if husbands love their wives, and Laura says this to me all the time, if husbands really love their wives, like Christ, loves the church. And then that, that's the thing. People don't know how Christ loves the church. It really, I think everything traces a breadcrumb trail back to your understanding of the gospel. Uh, it was, uh, it wasn't C.S. Lewis. It was A.W. Tozier said, the most important thing about you is what you think about God or what your belief systems are about God. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing that. And that sounds so like I guess cliche, but I think at the heart of it, a true understanding of what I really believe, not what I think I believe, but what is actually a belief for me. Like, do I, to your point, is God a safe place for me? Yeah. Is, is God a place where I instinctively want to run when I know I'm exposed, when I know I'm addicted, when I know that I'm caught and I'm in trouble, when I've messed up and screwed up everything? Is he instinctively where I run to, or do I instinctively feel I've disappointed him? There's no way I can make this up to him. Yeah. Uh, he is mad at me. And that that's how I react in that. It That's my real belief. Like that That's what yeah. I really believe. Whether I think I believe, I can sing good, good father all I want. But that's what I really believe about him in that yeah. moment. And so I think what people want to say is, you know, hey, Jesus was X this and X that. But what Jesus really was, according to scripture, is he really did humble himself and took the role of the greatest servant. Mm -hmm. And that that is real manhood. Like that is it. If we're going to follow after Jesus, the ones who are in charge will be the ones washing feet, doing dishes and cleaning toilets. Like, and, and however, metaphorically, those could be, I think they should be literal in many ways, but certainly from a meta- metaphorical standpoint, there should be the first ones to confess their issues, the first ones mm-hmm. to be broken, the first ones to cry, the first ones to say, I got it wrong, and the first ones to be sensitive to the needs of others. And like, and, and we have a leader right now at church that, and I, we were talking in our region class last night, and he hates it, but they're like, you know, what has been something in in the program that's encouraged you or something that's that caused you to want to move forward. I was like working every day with a guy like Andrew, who's a completely different guy than he was three years ago mm-hmm. and watching him pace ahead of me, like he, in his brokenness and the way he, there are things that I'm ready to, cause I'm a blow things up kind of guy. When it gets, when it reaches a certain point, if yeah. it's awkward, I would rather step in and just blow it up. Let's just blow it up. Say all the stuff we got to say. And there's yeah. a time and a place to do that. I really believe that. And watching him not be afraid to blow it up, but really think, what is the Christ like? What would be the best thing for the person that I want to blow this up with? Though this is difficult for me and blowing it up takes it away from me. What would be the best thing for them? And I go, oh my gosh, you know, that's not in me 
the way it should be. Yeah. But that's Christ likeness. He did what was best for us and not what was best for him. How many times have you wanted to blow things up with me, John? I mean, like literally, I mean, I carry explosives on my person just that's, in case. Well, that's just that's common just sense. That's just biblical manhood. Just uh, you need a grenade in your pocket, a little baggie of uh, uh. gunpowder. So. <laughs> Sheesh! I don't, I don't blow things up literally very often. So I'm kind of afraid of that. I told you I did a jail on that. I did a prison yeah. on that trip too, uh, as a part of the men's conference week because they were simulcasting the men's conference in the next day but they said will you go with us to the prison they had a chapel in there yeah. it was so i don't remember if we talked about it but it was a really cool experience too yeah. they had built the chapel and some of the prisoners had worked in it and it looked it was like it was nicer than some of the churches i've performed in wow so it was a really cool experience i actually would film a special there i told them that i was like i would film i would record i wonder if anybody's ever done that i don't know it'd be my Folsom prison blues dude yeah you need to do it yeah that'd unique. be that'd be a unique project get you on keys Dude, absolutely. That's what it's been missing. Yeah. Wait. But it was pretty neat. Uh, and that was a good experience. And I'm hopefully going to go back because I really, uh, they had a warden there that was just, what an incredible guy. Um, his name is Darren Young. And he just was like, just 20 years he's been doing this job. We were talking about it today at breakfast, but it's so weird to think about that. We were about, I'll be a light in a dark place. But I mean, here's this guy who has this upbeat persona, upbeat countenance. And he has one of the hardest jobs. I can't imagine the depravity that he has seen. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to have chipped away at him. It feels like he's just, mm. he's really getting strength from somewhere other, you know? Yeah. And so when you see that, you're just like, okay, it just is this clue. Yeah. You know? Well, the greatest evidence, yeah, of, of, of what's real is, is found. He had every somewhere. reason to yeah. just be like, yeah, these guys, the worst. He's just like, no, we're going to. You know, one life at a time, we're going to try to just turn these guys around. And you're like, okay, man. Well, it's difficult to say you really believe until you have real reasons not to. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think that's the, the He was key. an impressive person because um, I can't imagine doing that job. But, yeah, he he said, I get I get the chance to, to bring in these folks. He brought in other guys and, and other act. He said, I get to choose some of them, you know, across the board. And he goes, I, you know, I like bringing in comedians because it's just not a lot of laughter in this place. It's like okay, man. Let's go. Mm. I didn't know what to expect, but it was. They were so great. The guys were so great, and uh, I want to go do it again. So, been talks with uh, Pastor Eduardo. Uh, yeah, about doing that. Uh, yeah, Eduardo Rocha, who's like a chaplain. We're talking about yeah. doing that in the Tennessee prisons too. I still want you to do something that we call living La Vida Rocha. I really. <sighs> we should do it. That'd be amazing. Upside, inside out. I don't know. I don't. Skin is not the color of mocha at all. It's the color of paste. <laughs> I saw him last night. He said, because he used to be on staff, you know, and he's, he's, he's in region with us now. He's here on Sundays. And he's what? Mid 50s, mm -hmm. early 50s, full head of hair. Yeah. You know, and uh, he looked at me, he goes, he goes, I, I meant to ask you, uh, what's happened to your hair? <laughs> and I said, Ed, like something happened yeah. to it. It's like, Ed, you know, Ed, everybody doesn't have a full head of hair at 50. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm like, what do you want from me? Yeah. You know, he's uh, not fair. What not happened fair. to your hair? I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm very white and, and balding. So, uh, man, that's tough. Yeah. That's worse than somebody critiquing your sermon. <laughs> like, yeah, the sermon was great. I just wanted to ask you. <laughs> 
What's That's wrong? exactly what he said. What's actually. wrong with you? He complimented the sermon Sunday. Oh man! And he was laughing. He was being so. He was being so kind. He was. He's <laughs> one of the nicest guys in the yeah, world. Oh yeah, he's tremendous. Yeah. So no, it was great. It was very very funny. <laughs> I was like, well, hey, you know, again, and I do, I look at guys at that age and go, I look, you're one of those guys. You, you yeah, I've got I'm in. I'm hanging on. You didn't do anything, though. See, here's the deal. No, I didn't no, do anything I didn't, to lose it. You, you did, did nothing to keep it. Bro, that's, it's that's, just genetics, That's man. scriptural, isn't it? And grace. It's sometimes it's your circumstances. Mm. Don't let the devil steal your joy. If you're only, listen, if you're only going to praise God when you've got a full head of hair, John. Then you don't, if you don't like God, wait, if you don't like yourself at right. your worst, Mm-hmm. That you don't deserve yourself at your best. Wait, yes. Is that? I don't know. <laughs> it's like uh, we should make a whole like meme book of proverbs. My buddy Marty, who's uh, balding, he has uh, he tells the whole story about uh, Elisha and how the you know the children made fun of him, and then he went you know he sent summoned bears. Right. The bears attacked the children. Yeah. And so I told him he should make a shirt with like a shadow of like bears attacking children and a bald prophet in the corner. And then just says, no heckling. <laughs> MartySimpson.com. <laughs> I wonder how many people get the biblical. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. It's yeah. like a human video. It's like you have to be uh, on the end to get the joke. Hey, let me tell you why. She's funny. There's yeah. this bear one time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why he would say it like then that. Then Marty spins out and he's a bush. <laughs> that's weird. I didn't like that part. You know, I never did a human video myself. Now, I did in, in high school, we would do like old Carmen videos, and I was always the devil in like uh, the champion. Okay. Did you devil. have the weird voice modulator thing put on your... No, I would just do it. Oh, okay. It. I would, it, was, it, was, it was mine. I'm thinking of like uh, Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, no, when no, you no. put the voice modulator and you go, <laughs> 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 Welcome! So you had that beer. Welcome to hell. Yeah, I, wonder if, uh, I wonder if you get welcomed. <laughs> you know, that's a weird thing. You, you get to hell, they're like, welcome. <laughs> weird. <laughs> they sing a song. <laughs> da, 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 da. Be uh, our guest. Be our guest. Yeah. Sorry. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other Carmen video? It was the champion. And, oh, yeah. Uh, the boxing match. It was like a big boxing match. Yeah, that match, was the right? champion. And then you had. This uh, blood's for you. This blood's for you. Yeah, bro. I remember that. And the other one was the one, uh, Witch's Invitation. Okay. Remember that one? Yeah. Where he goes to see the warlock? It's real creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I I always play... Why did I always play the devil? I don't know. I remember I would take a dive off the stage, like three up. I would dive just onto a concrete floor. Didn't you guys hoist up uh, Jesus at your Easter production and he fell? He didn't fall. Oh. No, he did... Okay. Okay. There's two things. You got him on a winch. You got Jesus on a winch. My dad, just like the Bible says... It's a winch's invitation. (laughs) hey And my dad was, I remember dad, we had these huge productions. And so one year, yeah, he cut a hole in the ceiling. Yeah. As you do. Like you do. This is only church people. Dropped a winch down and we we're going to have Jesus ascend into oh, this so tiny he, hole. Like it's not a big church though. So it's kind of like awkward when he gets to it. He's threading the needle. You can see him like have a. Trying to position himself. Shimmy his way through the hole, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and kids, that's just how it happened on the day of ascension. Yeah. But the other thing was, is we had these multiple levels of platform. We built these huge platforms, and the tomb was up on the higher level. They took Jesus off the cross, and they made this little uh, stretcher. Okay. So it looked like having an ancient stretcher, and so it had fabric, and I don't know if it was stapled or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Whatever it was, it wasn't enough. Oh, no. And so they had him on the lower level, lifting him to the upper level 
for off the cross so they could put him in the tomb in the upper level. Mm-hmm. So it's like this whole, there's music, you know, in the background and right. they're taking Jesus off the cross. So it's all this, you know, Joseph of Arimathea. Well, actually, I think that the Roman soldiers were doing it for some reason, which is really biblically inaccurate. Yeah. But um, they go to pick him up. They get him probably about four feet up off the ground to yeah. put it on. It's probably a six foot platform. They're kind of raising him up. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the bottom falls out of the stretcher. And Jesus, who you just saw brutally murdered, now his body falls, the actor. And you hear him go, oh! <laughs> Dude, his name is Butch Bradley. He's, yeah. he's still a guy. See, every once in a while he works at the hospital. He's a great guy. Yeah. And he literally stayed in character. Felt, really? He probably felt it coming. Oh, yeah. He just fell like a sack of dirt Man. and just laid there. And, and the Roman soldiers, they decided they kind of stayed in character, too. Yeah. Of course, we all gasped. You know, and uh, they just were like, <laughs> and they just still causing us trouble. They like one of them ad libbed something. Oh wow! Like, that they were mad that they had broken it, so they just picked up his body and threw him in the tomb, kind of thing. And uh, it was like none of us knew. I mean, I was I was backstage, or I was you front didn't know stage. till the production's over. Is he okay? Right. Is he okay? Is he going to come out for the ascension or in a, in a sling? You know, like what are we? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like... He's all bandaged up. He's got an ace bandage on his head. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody stands up, heresy! <laughs> oh my gosh. We have really like gone down the rabbit hole we of, have. of it's Christian a, subculture. We today. have, it's all right. Yeah, it's been fun. Like if you listen to it and you're like, if that's not your background, mm-hmm. it, it can sound as as weird as it was at times. But <laughs> there was a lot of good things too, But um, and a lot of good memories. And you know what, listener, we hope that you've made <laughs> some good memories as well, listening mm. to the podcast at yes. episode 99, because next week, bro, boom, is our 100. 100. What would you call that? That's it's a octogenarian, it's not centennial because that's, two, that's years. We're not, this is the 100th correct. episode. But what's a 100 year old person called? Do you know what that's called? Centenarian? Sasquatch? Centenary? Simba? Have you watched the new Lion King? No, I've got no interest. Really? Animals singing like people only works in cartoons for me. It looks weird oh. when you've contorted the... So you know what they did? The one thing about it that's weird is unlike when they did Jungle Book mm-hmm. where the animals' faces show expression, yeah. they decided on Lion King because I guess it tested poorly to do that for that reason you're yeah. kind of saying that the animals have no expressions right. yet they're singing. So they have expressions but they're not like big smiling yeah you can't get away with huge they just look like real lions talking mm-hmm. it's not cool and singing i'm not on, i'm not on it board. was surprisingly good i really enjoyed it all right i'll check it out and i enjoyed that you know uh, so hey you should check out johnny w's social media yeah. everybody and go follow if you him. feel the love tonight <laughs> you know, Ryan, he just can't segue. wait to be king wait segue. that isn't uh, but it's a, uh, it's, it's something we're still helping him rebuild and, uh, maybe you should share, you should, this is a great talking point. You should say to your friends out there, Hey, hey. my favorite podcast is about to have its 100th episode. You should go back. A lot of people and, don't get to this point. That's listen. when you get into syndication. That's when all the money starts rolling in. Absolutely. I got NBC work. on the other line right now. I don't even know if they do podcasts, but they called. That's so, nice. uh, That's anyway. But yeah, hey, share it and send us. Uh, actually, I read a couple of really great reviews that you guys posted in the last several weeks. Oh, that's nice. Uh, so thank you for that. So and, nice. Uh, we do see those and they mean a lot and they help people, you know, find us. So share it and help some more people find it. And we'll see you next time. We'll talk about that.
you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.